Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moon and Katherine Taylor. Hi, Christy. Hello. How are you? I'm pretty good. I already have my pajamas on. <laughs> yeah, I do too. If I'm being, well, but I have my gone gravel. Oh, you guys are graveling. Yeah. That's so fun. Hey, Thanks. We've sold like over 50 kits already. Are you serious? It's great. I was like keeping my fingers crossed that we would meet the minimum of 15. And the guy emailed back and he was like, so uh, we're already at 45, like less than 24 hours later. That's exciting. I know. It's been really we all fun. identify each other out there. I know. That's I great. Know. I'm pretty excited to see the kits around and see everybody's pictures with them on. And I have a really cool story about that, actually. Because sometimes I think like we get overwhelmed about all the changes that need to happen, right? But um, like the kits, if you go to the store, <laughs> there's a, a rendering. I saw it as soon as I saw, I looked at it, the, the dude with the six pack, it was a male yeah. bust. And I was like, why do we have a male bust for a women's? Yeah. But- so, which I, you know, I worked in the industry and I just didn't even like all, everything was happening so fast. I just didn't even think about it. I was laughing because I was like, I don't know any cyclist with those abs, like male cyclists ah. with those abs. Cause they're not really known for their. No, that's abs. not what they're paying attention to. <laughs> so so anyway, a couple of people brought it up and I was like, that's true. So I went back to the, um, to the rep and he was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We've talked about that before. And then he said, you know, it's this company that we use and they only have male renderings. And he said, but I'm, I so appreciate you emailing me because when I get these emails, it gives me something to send to them to say like, Hey, women have noticed this. Yeah. And so I, I posted it in the group. Some people commented like they appreciated that. And he, I just sent him another message. And he goes, we're going to change this from now on. We're going to find a company that's going to render female. Boom. So I think sometimes we get overwhelmed with like all the changes that need to happen, but like sometimes it just needs to be a conversation with somebody. It does most of the times. Yeah. So 
So that was really cool. I was, <laughs> I've been impressed with the company. Good. That's doing the, the kit design. So that's what are awesome. you up to? You're getting ready to do something fun. Um, yeah, we have a major tailor call here in just a little bit that I'm, I'm uh, helping answer their questions um, about their, uh, that they have about Unbound for this year. So um, I, you know, I love doing those. It's fun to talk about the event and share, share some details with them. So they're, we're going to be doing a call here in a little bit with them. So that's going on. I don't know what Major Taylor is. Um, Major Taylor, um, he was a very um, well-respected and fast cyclist um, that uh, was black and really faced prejudice, um, a lot of prejudice when he was racing. And um, this group of this, there's many chapters across the country and, and we're working with the one out of Kansas City um, to uh, get them to our start line. Um, they have entries to the 25, 50, 100, 200. Uh, we're doing lots of really cool things with them, but it's not just a one-year activation either. We're doing this over a couple of years so that hopefully they can continue to grow the number of cyclists that they're bringing to Unbound. Um, I think the goal is to have someone from every chapter eventually, but um, I don't know how many chapters are represented. I'm going to find that out tonight for sure for this year. I think it's three or four for this year's Unbound event, but nonetheless, um, they're coming down to do a group ride in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, we're just excited that that they're going to be here. That's awesome. I've met a bunch of people from, I think like the Chicago area and another area with Major Taylor in Atlanta there over uh, Labor Day. There's a big ride that's sponsored mm -hmm. by the Metro Atlanta Cycling Club and Major Taylor groups from all over the country come down for this, for that ride. So it's really cool to see, um, to meet folks in that ride. Um, lots of really fun energy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to ride with them in a couple of weeks. Just, I think it's just gonna be fun. So yeah. they're going to come down to Emporia and check it out. Yeah. So. Well, we have an interesting interview this week. We do. We're kind of on topic here. <laughs> yeah. So we, this is actually probably <clears throat> three weeks ago. We interviewed Scotty Lechuga, mm -hmm. um, who was a pro cyclist. And now she and her husband have opened, uh, it's natural rock state park. Is that what it's called? Yes. And in uh, Springdale, Arkansas. And uh, so we, with everything that was going on in Arkansas, we ended up holding the interview last week. Uh, and we just kind of wanted to see, like, some, let some of the more conversations happen. And I saw Bello News actually came out with a great article. And if people don't know what's going on in Arkansas, because I'm sure some people don't, there were three laws that were passed in the last couple of weeks, three trans bans. So one is youth and sports. Uh, one is like the gender change if you're under 18. But then the one that is pretty awful is that medical professionals can deny care. It's not pretty like, awful. It's trans, flat out disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Um, can deny care to any trans person. Um, so, and that was vetoed by the governor, but then the legislature went back and passed it. And it was, that was last Friday, I think. So, so yeah, so some horrible things are happening um, in the Arkansas legislature, which is a very traditional red state, except for that little corner in Northwest Arkansas where Scotty and our friend Amy Ross and yeah. many of the others we've had on the podcast that are in the Bentonville area live. 
so so it's it's a hard thing because some people are like saying we should ban any events there um related to cycling and then other people are saying no we need to support the part of the country that it, the part of the state that is progressive that wants to see change and a lot of people are kind of in the middle so mm -hmm. um so that was one of the reasons we decided to hold scotty's interview last week and just kind of wait and big sugar which you'll have a race there right you had not made a statement yet either so uh you all came up with a statement well what did you all i mean i saw it but well, I mean, it is that our start lines, uh, they're inclusive. Um, and we, you know, posted resources that are available. Um, that's going to be our stance. Um, we've worked with Amy Ross from Bike Bentonville. Um, I just, I find it, <laughs> it, it's just unconscionable that we're even having these discussions around this. Um, I don't under, I, you know, I, I just, I don't understand why, why, um, those laws were passed. Um, but, you know, as we work through this and as we get closer to our event, we're going to continue to advocate for, um, inclusivity at our events. Um, you know, we have a very solid transgender policy already on our, on our books that we adopted. And we've done a lot with our registration as well. Um, and in, in those efforts to be progressive, um, this feels like, um, you know, 10 steps backwards. Um, so yeah, it's not okay. It's not okay. And these laws are like in play in about 20 different states across the yep. country. I just saw Florida's trying to pass one right the, all of these people are like grasping i don't even know what they're doing like i like they're grasping at the last holds of power or something that they feel like they're losing it, i just yeah um yeah it's a hard thing because i'm in atlanta and we just the mlb just pulled out because of the voting laws mm -hmm. and i just i support anybody's right to protest and i support the decision and I under like I am behind that and I don't ever want anybody to feel left out. I also see in Georgia like it hasn't made any difference. It's actually caused people to to dig in deeper. And it's a different issue. I 100% understand that. But it's almost like the people in power <laughs> in that particular instance are like, no, we're going to dig in even deeper because of the ban. Like now we're going to ban <laughs> baseball games. So it's just like yeah. this cycle where things aren't getting done and where I've seen the power of people that come in and work and are in the community for the long haul, which is why there's been some progressive change in Georgia. Yeah. And the oh, yeah. Years. I mean, that's the the changes that we're trying to make with with inside the event industry are long haul changes. I mean, we want to see the culture change. Um, and it it just it's like you know, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I, you know, what I do want to do is support small businesses and people that are there working in the community. So we do want to bring this interview from Scotty. We don't just, we talk about her, their fantastic bike retreat in Arkansas, but we also talk a lot about her history in cycling, which is fascinating. And if it's something that you don't feel like you can listen to, that's okay. This might not be the episode for you to listen to if this is you know you feel like you don't want to support anything out of that state um we really debated on whether or not to pull to bring this episode out but um 
I know that people are like, still have a lot of questions on all sides of the issue. So I would just encourage people to get educated about what the laws are. Um, and there's even, I know some very strong feminist athletes that still aren't sure what, how they feel about um, trans athletes competing at the highest level. And there's a lot of research out there that I would encourage people to go read, especially like the International Olympic Committee has decided this issue. They, they allow trans athletes in sport. So when it's been decided at the highest arenas of sport, there's some good research that you can go read, but I think everybody has to kind of do the homework on this one. <laughs> and we're going to link some of that into the show notes, correct? Yeah, we'll link some, I'm going to link the Velo News article that kind of talks about um, people on one, like people that are saying, no, we should support these communities in Northwest Arkansas that are trying to bring change. And then also gives a good perspective on the other side. And I was talking to somebody and they were like, well, it doesn't tell the athletes what to do. And I was like, well, that's kind of like, we're living in times where we have to struggle through what's right, what we feel is right, right? Yeah, yep. So, so, <sighs> sad yeah conversations are not always as easy as getting the abs changed on the mannequin <laughs> i wish that they were it would be fantastic but i think you will really love scotty and getting to know her story yeah i agree she's great hey christy Hi, Catherine. Hey, are you thinking about your 2021 gravel adventures? I don't know who isn't thinking of 2021 gravel adventures. I know. Well, I kind of have a new bucket list race. What is it? It is a gravel stage race right outside of Calgary, Canada called the Trans Rockies Gravel Royale. Have you heard of this? Um, you know what? I have. I think it sounds amazing. Four days, four days of riding, 230 miles. 23,000 feet of climbing, and it's all in the Canadian Rockies. I think that sounds epic. Yeah, it's set up where they carry your tents, cook your food, and provide your medical support and more. And like set up a big party every night. That is the best kind of glamping right there. Yeah, it's really the only kind of glamping I will do. (laughs) (laughs) I I believe that. (laughs) And you know what's cool is they are holding early bird spots for women because they're really working to get more women on the starting line. So if people are interested, where do you think they should go, Christy? Uh, TransRockiesGravelRoyale.com. I bet that site's got all the information. (laughs) I think it does. And fingers crossed we'll be at some awesome 2021 adventure soon. Christy, do you know one thing that I'm really sick of? What is that? All the freaking trends and they're coming out in wellness. Like Ethan, Uh, avoid that. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. I don't know where to start. I don't know who to trust. Yeah. But we have a new sponsor that I'm pretty excited about. Have you, have you done your Yeah. I'm so stoked. Yeah. So Inside Tracker is our new sponsor and they're going to cut through all the noise and they're going to analyze our blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. And then we get personalized science-backed trackable action plans for how we should eat, age. We need that and perform better. I know. I'm excited. It's the cool thing about it is it's, it's cheaper and it's way more convenient than the traditional blood tests. Um, they include biomarkers that are key to performance. So, so information that we're not getting from traditional blood tests. Um, 
And I think my favorite part is that they're not just going to give us the data, but they're providing us with nutrition and lifestyle tips to help us take action and cut through the noise. Yes. I love that. Cause I feel like whenever I go to the doctor and I get blood tests, I have no idea what to do with them. Right. Exactly. Yep. And I don't, they don't apply to like whatever I'm doing. Um, and the good news is because they are a sponsor of the podcast, all of you all get 25% off their entire store. You just go yes. to insidetracker.com slash girls gone gravel. Change is an inside job. Start on the inside. Who goes first? Christy, yes. I thought you were, I thought. You know, Catherine, I had to throw you for a little bit of a loop here. It was, getting, <laughs> you were getting comfortable in the fact that I was kicking things off. I'm not going to, you know, you, you can't. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta step up to the plate sometimes lady. <laughs> sometimes like for the last year. <laughs> well, poor, poor our guest today, Scotty Lechuga. She has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> I know. And I was going to say her name. Cause it's like the one name I could ever say. Oh, Lechuga. shoot. I ruined it for you. You ruined it for me. I'm just Scotty. giving, I'm giving you a hard time today. So. All the inside jokes, Scotty is Christy and I just stare at each other of who's going to start the podcast. <laughs> When we start and then I can't say anybody's last name, but I can say your last name because it's Spanish. Yeah. I, I was telling the story before it started and, um, it means lettuce. It does indeed. And one time I accidentally ordered some kind of a coffee with lettuce at Starbucks in Mexico because I got my words confused. <laughs> they did it. not make it. <laughs> <laughs> did they make it with leche instead of lechuga? That's that was the word I was looking for. I was like, what was I asking for? Leche. I just yeah. lechuga. It sounds similar. They're close. Yeah. I mean, the words are close. The product is <laughs> not close. It's <laughs> not at all close. That's funny though. So um, yeah, lechuga. I've never heard somebody with that last name though. Did you, did you like? My you... husband apparently is from Mexico and no one there has heard it as a last name either. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah, we're just going to run with that. And <laughs> you are truly unique then. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to find. Yeah. My boys joke that they're the lettuce heads. And so, yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever dress them up as lettuce for Halloween? They won't let me. <laughs> I really wanted to. <laughs> they're like, no, we need to be the Star Wars Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. And like, okay, you don't want to be lettuce. I get it. <laughs> Maybe when they're teenagers, yeah. they'll get the irony of it and think yeah. it's funny. Yeah. They're, mm. it, that's not, it's not that fun to be lettuce for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that we've talked about lettuce for like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the girls gone gravel first. Uh, Scotty, why don't you tell us about yourself and how you got into cycling? Yeah, I actually sound, uh, I found cycling really kind of late in terms of when most, I think women are starting. I ran throughout my younger years and I didn't stumble into cycling until I was late twenties. And I, um, I started with my dad's old Schwinn it was probably from the eighties, maybe older than I am. And, um, I showed up to group ride in Umbros. Do you guys remember Umbros? Yeah. Oh my God. I showed up to group shorts. ride in Umbros. Yes. Did you get eyes rolled and like, basically? No, like, cause I was with team and training and they were really great with beginners, <laughs> but cool. it was an overwhelming experience because it was a bunch of triathletes and like, well, I yeah. showed up to the fastest group ride in the town that I lived in. And, uh, they literally looked at me and said, 
are you sure you're in the right group ride? And I was like, yeah, I'm down. And I got dropped like five miles later. But um, so that was like the stimulus for um, finding a coach and getting a better bike. And that's where my story kind of began. And um, this was in Little Rock, Arkansas. I've lived in Arkansas for over a decade. And uh, that's where I met my husband. I literally Googled like, who's a professional cyclist that I can learn from in central Arkansas? And I found Ernie. And so uh, we, we met at the bike shop and I, I walked in with my dad's twin and said, um, I want to turn pro. And he looked at me, he's like, where's your road bike? <laughs> and it's like, this is it. <laughs> and he's like, okay, no. <laughs> and so um, the whole story was he agreed to coach me if I could sit on his wheel for 40 miles one day. And um, man, I suffered a lot that day, but I, uh, I made it through and uh, he started working with me and just accelerated my learning curve by so much. And I'll, I'll like make this a condensed version, but somewhere in there, we like fell in love and, and then had twins. <laughs> and so I had barely just got gotten into cycling when um, I found out I was pregnant with two. And so I was like, um, I was racing as a cat too on the road when I had the boys. And so um, Ernie and I, you know, took the year, had the kids. And after that, I told him, I was like, man, I really, I really wanted to make something of cycling. I really wanted to see if I could be a professional cyclist. And he goes, well, I'll still support you. If you want to do it, I'm, I'll help you. And so um, the boys grew up in a caravan basically. And um, a year after they were born, I was racing with uh, some of the professional women's field and got picked up by the national team and got my first pro contract when they were about three years old. Awesome. And so I actually turned pro after I had kids and um, I was probably 30, yeah, 31 at the time. So very late in terms of when some people do professional sports, but I feel like for women, it's just, there is no too late. You know, you, you start when you start and you work with what you have. And I think uh, women's bodies are amazing. They can push limits like no other. And so I had a great career on the road. Um, you know, I, I raced for seven years on the road before I even stumbled into gravel. And uh, I found gravel when I was a little burnt out on road cycling, honestly. I, uh, I'd had kind of a, a lackluster season in 2018, stepped off my team just fried mentally, not from anything my team did, simply my own pressuring myself. I was really bad at that at that moment and was kind of in just a negative headspace. And so stepped back from all of it, went on a road trip, pretended like I didn't ride bikes. And that lasted like two months and I missed it so, so much. And so I told my husband Ernie, I was like, you know, I feel like I just need to redefine why I ride. And I want to go sign up for the hardest race in the world. He's like, what, <laughs> where did that come from? And I had seen, um, Silk Road mountain race, and this was in 2018. And I had seen a picture of a woman doing it. And I don't know if you guys have ever run across Jenny tough. Um, but Jenny is a badass adventure racer slash you know, cyclist runner, she does all these crazy adventures solo. And then she inspired me just, just seeing a picture of her. 
doing this mountain pass by herself. And I was like, man, I, I've never done anything that hard. And I think that if I work towards something like that, it would help me kind of redefine why I ride my passion for the sport. And so um, I was like, but I don't know how to fix anything on my bike. Will you come Ernie? <laughs> Cause I, I'd had this, you know, pro cycling career where your bike gets worked on and it gets taken care of and you get taken care of and there's massages and food provided. And this was just a completely other, otherworldly experience to go to a foreign country where it's a self-supported bike race, a thousand miles across crazy terrain in Kyrgyzstan. And uh, we did it. We, we went and we raced as a pair and it was the hardest thing I've ever done, but I got done with that race. And I just had like, seriously, a renewed fire inside me to not only do cycling for, for why I should have been doing it in the first place, which is for the love of the sport and what it teaches you, but also to share it with others. And so I came back from Silk Road um, with just a lot more energy and spirit for the sport than, um, than I had before I left. And it, it really kind of reset me on a very positive path where my mentality was more about growth and not performance. And so I just like to tell that story as an intro because I've, I've done it both ways. I've, I've really been in the pressure cooker, self pressure cooker. <laughs> and I've, I feel like I've finally found a place where I really do value the process more than the actual performance in sport. You know, it's, it's what you learn. It's about being grateful for, every single day and what it gives you on the bike. And um, ultimately that's what led us to where we are today in uh, Springdale. You said lettuce. Did I say lettuce? <laughs> that's lettuce. <laughs> lettuce. So funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> how, how many times I say that? I'm such a dork. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was reading a little bit about your Silk Road journey. First of all, can we talk about the hats you get when you finish? Oh my gosh, they're the coolest. Are so I, I cool. I can't remember the name of what they're called, but if you basically made a triangle out of camel, <laughs> camel wool, um, and it, it just like sits propped on your head, it's this little triangular hat and there's a name for them and I can't believe it, I don't remember, but yeah, they, they gave the winning, we won the pairs division, Ernie and I did, and so we got, to take home a winner's hat and it sits on our uh, living room shelf. And every time I see it, I just like, ah, man, that was hard. <laughs> Can you, and I mean, obviously it's a thousand miles. So how yeah. long did it take you? We did it in just under 10 days. Okay. And then I think I remember reading, you had a moment where you realized you weren't going to be finishing when you thought you were going to be. Oh, that was like every moment. <laughs> you, you would look at this section you know you get a gps route and you're following it on your computer and you look at this section and you're like oh it's a downhill we're gonna bomb this like we're gonna be down there in two hours you know and it would take like eight because the downhill although the train sloped down it was full of like rock gardens and goat paths and ice you know um like we crossed several um, waterfalls. <laughs> I mean, stuff you just could not ride. You were literally hiking your bike, even on the downhills. And so everything that we thought would take one hour took four, you know, and we finally got to the point where we're like, we're just going to get there when we get there. <laughs> and it's not going to be any sooner than that. <laughs> 
It was amazing though. Beautiful country. Was it, was it ever, um, did you ever feel unsafe? Like, I think that's what kind of gets me about that event. Like, I don't know if I'd feel safe. Yeah. There were so many things that honestly, I had never experienced before. Um, I never felt like my person, like I never felt threatened in that country. They were a very hospitable country. I think the thing that made me feel the most scared was the weather systems. Um, mm -hmm. You would be at high altitude and these gnarly storms would just come out of nowhere and you had nowhere to go. There was no like shelter, <laughs> you know? And so you would just brace for it. And um, Ernie and I got in a terrible blizzard and our lights were dying because we weren't moving fast enough. And we were just freezing on the side of a mountain. That was probably the scariest moment where I literally had this moment and I was like, I'm a mom. I, I can't be here. Like I need to be with my kids. And I was literally second guessing my decision to be in that place, but we made it and we just kept moving and that's about all you can do. And so, um, you know, you go to these extreme circumstances to kind of prove to yourself that your limits are so much bigger than you, than you think they are. And that really redefines everyday life after you've been through a couple of spots like that. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a documentary about this race, right? Yeah. Several. Were you in it? Were you in this documentary? Yeah. I think we were in there. I'm like, wait a, a minute. I feel like I've seen you on a documentary. <laughs> As you're talking about this, I feel like I've seen this story on a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> we we did the 2019 uh, race. And so we're in that one. There's a really good one from 2018 called Wild Horses that I would recommend. It's a really great intro to what the race is all about. And it's it's fantastic. It's a hard, hard race. What's the one that you're in called? I think they just broke it up into segments. If you if you are looking for Silk Road Mountain Race on YouTube, you'll find it. I think they're just labeled Silk Road and then the different checkpoints. Okay. Okay. People and the other winners that in 2019 that was a Jay Peterberry and Jay won the oh. inaugural year in 2019. Okay. In 2019, a guy named Jakob Sliak. Oh, that's right. Won and he was a just a surprise win just a super cool guy too <laughs> oh yeah this is definitely the one i've seen then yeah. <laughs> yeah so crazy so i recommend everybody go put this on pause go watch that and you're gonna be like holy <laughs> crap <laughs> we i am listening to a badass <laughs> yeah it was it was a humbling race for sure i tell people it was not a bike race it was like a test of the human spirit <laughs> i always wonder on those like when you when you think about how much you are hiking your bike would it be better just as a backpacking trip <laughs> like, some sections out yeah when we're pushing our 40 pound bike up the hill you're just like damn it this is so hard yeah what, what do your boys think about this you know it's funny our our boys are we're just their parents they yeah. don't they don't think of us in any other light. And I, I'm glad, um, you know, people ask, what are your mom and dad doing? They're like, they ride bikes. <laughs> and I like that. It's just simple in their mind, you know, um, it's, they're very, they're very sweet and they don't, I don't want them to think of us as anything but mom and dad. Yeah. I just, I love that 
parents that are very active. Like I think sometimes, especially moms can feel guilty, like, oh, oh I took this time no, no. away from my kids. Yes. But then what you give back to them of like showing them possibilities and active yeah. life. And, you know. That's I struggled with that a lot throughout my career in pro cycling. And that was ultimately what led us to buy an RV and just take the boys everywhere I was racing. They never came with us to international stuff, but um, if it was US-based racing, they were in the RV and we were taking them. And we had a very alternate, you know, style of parenting because I was crit racing at like 9.30 PM and they would stay up till midnight and sleep till nine, like little frat boys. But um, <laughs> loved it. Frat boys. <laughs> yeah, we loved it too. I mean, just having them there and it was really fun. That's good. Yeah, that's that's invaluable. That's yeah, yeah. that's memory making. Yeah. <laughs> do they ride? They do. We just finished up a family bike packing adventure this past weekend. We took five families around Northwest Arkansas um, and then camped overnight at our place here. It was so fun. <laughs> they had the best time. That's a good introduction to yeah. what we're doing now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a super friendly way to get kids involved and they they ride further than they think they are able when there's other kids around. You know, if it was just our boys, they'd be like, it's hot, I'm tired. But when you put other kids in the mix and they're all riding together, it's like they they just keep each other amped and they, they do amazing things. So <laughs> it was fun. So you left the road scene in 2018? Is that what yeah. you said? Okay. Yeah. And then when did you guys start? Because you now have a new retreat center. Yeah, that's brand spanking new. We um, we opened Natural State Rock and Republic literally like six weeks ago. Oh, wow. So we moved to Northwest Arkansas in December of 2020 to start this project. And um, what we have now is this beautiful six and a half acre property right off the Razorback Greenway, which is the bike path that runs from Fayetteville to Bentonville. And we're right in the middle in Springdale. And it's a launch pad for all things cycling. It's got a historic guest house that we renovated. And so cyclists are coming to ride from here and it's so cool. And we're stoked <laughs> to have it. We pinch ourselves every day. We're like, wow, we get to do something really cool. So, um, and then like next week we're hosting the bear development team for the Oz us pro cup mountain bike race. And so teams are coming to stay here and that's exactly kind of the heart of what we wanted to do with it all in the first place. And, um, it's just host and give people that experience of, Hey, we, we understand you, you ride bikes where you're going to be taken care of here. Did you decide to do that during COVID or was it already in the yeah. works? Like you all, you all were living in Little Rock and yeah. you'd retired. Were you coaching or what were y'all doing? Yeah. At point? Er Ernie and I um, have actually had a coaching business for over 10 years. He was, he started it and I just kind of helped him with structure. And then as I progressed through the sport, I started coaching as well. And we'd done it out of Little Rock for a long time, but Northwest Arkansas is expanding daily with the opportunities for cycling uh, you know they're building new mountain bike trails every day providing um you know these amazing bike paths and the access to the gravel is unbelievable we have gravel networks like you would not even imagine 
And we're like, man, we just need to be there because we do cycling and they're doing cycling. And so we'd been looking for property um, to bring our coaching platform up. And when our friend from downtown Springdale said, hey, there's this amazing place in Springdale. Um, you guys got to come check it out. And we did. And it was like, man, we could do so much with this place. So um, we kind of took several months to get here. Lots of planning and organizing and all the all the business things that you have to do to get up and running. But um, we're so happy to be open and ready to uh, launch a bunch of fun things this year. And your timing was about perfect. <laughs> yeah. People are yeah. ready to travel again. <laughs> yeah. We're so excited. And, you know, I think we're finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with the pandemic. And um, people are so ready just to, yeah, like you said, just get out and see more and do more and have outdoor fun things. So hopefully it'll it'll be over soon. <laughs> we can go back to life as usual and normal. Yeah. What are So you said you're hosting some teams. What are some of the other things you want to do there? Yeah. So Ernie and I fell so in love with bikepacking and just the whole learning experience that comes with that, that we wanted to do tours and expeditions around Northwest Arkansas. And so we'll be hosting um, a lot of different bikepacking tours, including gravel, road, mountain bike, a little bit of everything. And so um, that's a big part of our, our um, you know, business is taking people out on these epic rides and just um, giving them kind of a fun intro point where, you know, you've got someone with you that can fix the bike if something happens or, you know, can teach you what you need and what you don't need and take you on this beautiful route through the Ozarks. That's going to, you know, really be a treat. And so we try and combine really fun cultural things like local beer and coffee and dining experiences along the way and make it just a really memorable bike experience. That sounds awesome. Yeah. How do you sign up to go? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I want to sleep in the farmhouse. I don't want to sleep outside. (laughs) We do that too. We have, so we have like rough it tours and then we have plush tours. I want the plush. Yes. (laughs) We do. do I have enough issues sleeping without sleeping outside. I used to love camping, but. A lot of people want a bed to sleep in. That's totally normal. So we have, yeah, something for that type of rider as well. Do you guys do cooking too? Or is that separate? We provide the cook. <laughs> we do Got not it. actually, I, you know, we can make some mean tacos and that's about it. So <laughs> five nights of tacos. <laughs> yes. Uh, Lechuga tacos are really good. But um, other than that, no, we're, we're looping in some local chefs, which has been oh. really fun. Um, yeah. We, are hosting some unique kind of dining experiences here at Natural State Rock and Republic as kind of the entryway before the tour. So people are showing up, staying the night here um, and getting like kind of wine and dine experience. And then we go out and ride. And so um, it's, it's kind of cool because it really is a kind of a culinary slash ride thing. And people love that. I mean, who doesn't love craft beer and rides and food. <laughs> Nobody I hang out with. Right? <laughs> Does not sound like it sucks to me. <laughs> yeah. right. That's amazing. And, and are you all still coaching or you're full time? Yeah. That's a huge part of what we're doing here too. Um, our property has this awesome 
platform for um, indoor studio slash bike fitting. My husband, Ernie, is a bike fitter. And so he does uh, guru bike fits. And so people are coming and kind of making it into this, uh, you know, experience where you can come and get your bike fitted and then stay overnight, go ride it the next day, tell us your feedback. He does a lot of that. And so, um, you know, we're working with some junior riders. We still love the coaching piece. And that's a huge part of what we hope to grow here. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My bike fitter moved to Switzerland, so I might have to come there to get a, I, know. I was like, I don't know. I think you'd still go to Switzerland to get a bike fit. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty rad. I know. I know. No offense. No offense. Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> the whole borders thing right now. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. easier to get into Arkansas. Oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> I went to us, we were, we were route scouting today and this was out in the podunk, like nowhere of Arkansas, which are the places that we love, but we walked into the gas station and there was no one wearing masks. Yeah. It's like, oh, I guess they don't do that here. Um, <laughs> so I was sweet. in the suburbs of Atlanta, like not the far out suburbs, like 10 minutes outside of Atlanta. And that yeah. was happening a few weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, I was like, well, so this is how we are here. Yeah. Yeah. It was really funny. It's so different yeah. place to place. We just had our XL camp and one of the kids, one of the guys that was driving went into one of the gas stations and had his mask on. And he was like, I was almost shamed into taking it off. <laughs> yeah. Like that's but, crazy. Yeah. He didn't, but, but yeah. was just like, you know, this is obvious. Well, and we're Kansas is doing a really good job with the vaccination. So that's the other tricky part is that, you know, we've convinced everybody to get a vaccination. And so then, then, then they're like, well, then now why do I have to wear a mask? I've been vaccinated. Like you told me that this is, this was the trick. This was how you get out of it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. we shall see. Yeah. Right. I, I think we'll, in the next few months, we'll have different guidelines coming down. It's just yeah. so for sure mixed right now. Isn't the CDC there in Atlanta, Catherine? Can't you just go over and knock on their door and ask them to get some updated guidelines? I will do that. I will go knock on their door. (laughs) I actually have a um, a friend that works for the CDC, and so I'm always so. Even this when we were talking about events, I was like, "So, which events are you going to this summer?" (laughs) And she was like, "And this was well, this is actually in November." And she was like, "For sure, Steamboat. I feel really good about that." So, uh, but obviously, things have rolled out much more quickly than we had thought they would at the end of last year, which is amazing. So, so anyway, but she cannot, anybody that works for the CDC cannot publicly make a statement. That's not through CDC. Cause I was like, Oh, it'd be really fun to have her on the podcast, but she can't. Yeah. I would be in that position. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty strict on that, but, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, well, I love all this stuff. I, we might have to talk to you about something after we stop recording. Okay. <laughs> Gonna be a girls retreat. <laughs> Christy, don't Everyone. spill the secret. That's not a secret. <laughs> Anybody listening knows exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> no. Well, I'm not going to talk about it right now because I got to make it happen, but we'll okay. talk when we stop recording. <laughs> well, um, I really have one other question that I forgot to ask earlier that's kind of driving me nuts. What color were the umbros? Oh, they were navy blue with pink trim. Hell yeah, they were. <laughs> I think I had the same pair. <laughs> and my sweet running shoes, you know, that really sealed the deal. 
Did you have on a cotton t-shirt too? Totally. Cause that's what I had on. It was like my 5k t-shirt from high school. Yeah. I had my cotton t-shirt. I think I had, um, like that bright teal Umbros. (laughs) (laughs) I was showing up. That's awesome. Okay. How does everybody, um, come book this retreat or yeah. find you on social. How do we find you? Oh, thank you so much. Um, so our website is naturalstaterockandrepublic.com and the social medias are all the same, natural state rock and republic. And um, everything we do is there. And um, we are super down to answer questions. And, uh, you know, we've, since we've launched, there's been a lot of interest, but I, it's so interesting to me to see what is it that people are really into because you've got people like you, Catherine, that said, I want to sleep in a bed. Like, I don't, I don't want to go to a campsite and do tent. And then you've got other people who are just like, take me on the roughest ride possible. And so this year is going to be really exploratory for us to figure out what is it that people want? What's that experience they're looking for? And we're very into kind of evolving into, into that as we, as we learn. So yeah, yeah, we're super new, but definitely um, writing is what we do. And we just love hosting these types of experiences that get people into the woods and off their devices and just doing fun things like with like-minded people, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that Christy and I will both be there. Sometime. Oh yeah. I'm going to be back down in the area in a couple of weeks. So maybe, nice. we'll, maybe we can meet for some, on or something. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I'll make Amy take me. She wasn't there last time. So yeah. let's get Amy. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Scotty. Absolutely. Thank you for hosting. You have been listening to the girls gone gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.